want to give a quick shout out to Electro Voice, the sponsors of the Green Room podcast. They've been around for 90 years. They design and engineer leading edge sound. They do everything from live networking stuff to loudspeaker stuff. They know what they're talking about. They have tons of hands-on experience. And Ryan at Electro Voice has donated us four different mics that we use for this podcast between the RE320, which was the rendition that Electro Voice did of the RE20, which was what Michael Jackson recorded Thriller on, to the ND76, which is the Electro Voice version of the Shure SM58. I think they sound even better. So shout out to Electro Voice for being there for us, making us sound good. And that's why we all live for sound. Shout out Electro Voice. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Green Room Podcast. <laughs> nice, nice voice. <laughs> good morning. Welcome. This is episode 19. We have a really great guest this week for you guys. Uh, she's killing it. Uh, she's Maddie O'Neill. She's a she. Which is really exciting for me. That's exciting. Finally. Yeah. At last. Killing it. Um, but anyway, we're one away from 20, another milestone. And another. we have. Yeah. Once, I, th- I think the first milestone was just double digits. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And now yeah, no, we've I'm doubled kidding. that. Yeah, 20. That's crazy. So 20 is going to be cool. We got a guest um, that we're really excited for whenever that episode comes out. Really quickly, but. I just wanted to look at who we've had on so far. Yeah, check it out. Um, so if you guys haven't heard some of these, you should go check them out. Um, our first one was with uh, J.D. Vanderweel, who is one of the stagehands and production team members for Antic Studios, who we later interviewed as well, that they do uh, all the production for Ganja White Night on tour. So that was super cool. Filibusta, True Feels. Chuck Love, Chance York, Sean Anonymous, So Down, Zach Chazen of Snoda, Beak Nasty, the Bermuda's Tour Recap, <laughs> uh, yep. the Ghost Channels one, Turnion Sound, or as Mike Rat would say, Turned Onion Sound. Um, Turned Onion? <clears throat> yes. I like it. Uh, Steve Centrific of uh, Minneapolis's Communion, Grid Division, Guggins, uh, Matt Harris, the drummer of Zugma. Flavors out of Canada, Homemade Spaceship, Funk Static, uh, Antic Studios, and Wax Future. And now this week, Maddie O'Neill. Yeah, it's been pretty great so far. We're super stoked. We're super pumped about it. But uh, okay, so let's not waste any time because we've got a lot to talk about this week. We're not wasting time. No, to- no time wasted. We have a lot to um, talk about. We have Pat a- has compiled a political... <laughs> political jumble <laughs> of shit for you guys. Anyway, no, we're gonna so we're only starting- talk about the stuff that... Is not depressing. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, well, to say we to do the Perv Chronicles. Okay. Yeah, that's what we're starting. We're starting with the Perv Chronicles. All right. Yeah. Spill so it. it is a little who's depressing. A, who's a perv this week, Pat? It's this dude. He's a gynecologist at USC. Perv. Just kidding. Total perv. Well, no. It's one of those things where you you hear people say they're a gynecologist, and everybody, I think, in the back of their mind thinks, what Looking kind of good. what kind of perv you know gets into that or whatever, and they say, no, no. It's a real, it's a real thing, which it is. It's a real thing, but you always kind of have that thought, like, "Come on, guy," and this guy gets busted. It's gynecologist. Yeah, I guess so. That makes sense. But <laughs> this guy, he's been apparently perving yeah, people men out have for even like stolen the name for the the doctor that studies female ana- <laughs> the anatomy. Patri- the Why patri- isn't it girl necologist? That's a really good point. That's some bullshit. That's a zinger, right? That's a good joke. <laughs> okay. um, anyway, so this guy's been joke. perving for like 30-some-odd years, and he has a lot uh, of physical and verbal harassment cases against him. I don't know his name. You can look it up. It's not important. 
but it is not important. It's not important. Do not. He doesn't have a name anymore. Screw yeah. you, sir. Anyway, and then he used like racial slurs when he was giving his Whoa. his care. Um, yeah, so a lot of things against him, and it got so bad that all these cases were against him recently, uh, especially, and the university didn't really do anything about it, or they didn't act fast enough, Ew. and there's been protests. Boo on you, USC. Yeah, and there's been protests from, like, the students and all of this. Good. So it's gotten so bad that the president of USC is resigning. Good, that's just He was already, it, this was going to be his last year, but he just kind of said, fuck it. Well, good. Bye. Yep. See ya. Bye, boy. So that was this week on the Perv Chronicles. I hate that we have to have those, but in the current call-out culture, it keeps happening over and over. It seems like it's all that's on my feed lately, except for, you know, Super Smash Brothers. Oh, yeah, Super Smash Brothers. apparently everyone's pissed off at Trump again today. Everybody's always pissed off at Trump. Rightfully so, but I wish that people were talking about other things sometimes. Yeah, I, I agree. guess that's why we're like, here. Um, today's uh, Wisdom Wednesday advice for you is a meme I saw this morning. Delete your ex's nudes after you break up, please. Thank you. PSA brought to you by the Green Room Podcast. What if you were never dating? Can you keep those nudes? I think that's game? like a whole other can of worms. Okay. But I think it's uncouth to show people <laughs> nudes of someone you used to date that sent you them in confidence. Oh, yeah. Well, that's why Snapchat started. Oh, wow. Wonderful segue. You like that? Um, Yeah. No, we were just talking earlier today about how you read an article, right, Pat, that Snapchat is trying to revert to the initial operating platform that they had, basically? Yeah, it's actually really funny because this is the first quarter that Snapchat, (laughs) this article claims they face-planted, and they lost... About 3 million users. Or they lost a considerable amount of millions of users per day. (laughs) At one point, they were gaining 21 million people, active users, per day. 21 million per day. Well, as soon as they changed the interface, everyone was super pissed. Everybody was super pissed. And that's what's funny about this article is that if you look at it, it, it talks about the CEO. And his quote is, I think it was something to do with our user redesign. It's like, no shit, dude. Well, everyone was talking about how <laughs> no much they hated it. And shit. then you stopped hearing about it. Yeah, I yeah. don't really... Because people stopped using Snapchat. I enjoyed using it, but then I think the only thing it had on the fact that Facebook, you know, who owns Instagram, stole the stories idea and totally put it accessible to, like, the most primary social media platforms right. is that Snapchat people at least had the illusion that it was private and that you could send something and that it would be poof, gone as soon as it got there. And so people, I think, really enjoyed that that illusion of secrecy that they right, had with right. that. Even if they knew in the back of their head that they're definitely collecting all of this data, it's still, uh, I, I, it's still kind of like, well, no, they delete it. It'll, it's never going to get dug up. Who's going to go through terabytes and whatever after that of data just to find nudes. Yeah, I mean... Actually, there's probably people out there that would. I wouldn't really question that. (laughs) There's probably people out there that would do that. When we just talked about the nasty girl necologist at USC. Yeah, he would probably do it. Yeah, he probably did. So... But yeah, so Facebook, basically, this whole article says Snapchat sucks and Facebook is still... Snapchat drools, Facebook rules. Yeah, exactly. But that brings up a question. Do you think people still use Facebook? Do you think younger people still use Facebook, like people who are 15, 16? Is that still the number one thing, or is it all Instagram? 
I know a lot of people. I think it's my largely age. Instagram. I, I think it's really yeah. dependent on like you as a person. I feel like some people are way more drawn to Instagram. Like I've had good friends of mine that just are way more obsessed with Instagram that than they are ever with Facebook because they don't like right. the whole like they don't like all the copy. They don't like all the text and all of like the interactions and all the drama and all of that shit that can happen on Facebook because people have the ability to because it's because of how the threads are really built. Right. Whereas Instagram, it's not really a place for an argument. It's you look at the photo, maybe you read the caption, you keep scrolling and yeah. it's sort of a much more peaceful existence, I think. Yeah, I think it's a little less engaging Instagram is. Yeah, I in personally a, a don't find it as um, I couldn't just I know people that just sit on their phones and just go through Instagram. Yeah, my brother my brother do. is one of them and he sends me a lot of funny things on Instagram. That's primarily how I use it is that he'll just message me on Instagram some funny yeah. shit. And it's usually My only private messages are from Truefields sending me doggo gifts. Oh, course. really? Yeah. But I know a lot of people, a lot of my friends who have completely disabled or deactivated their Facebook accounts years ago and are now only on Instagram. And I think it's because of the same thing. I think their attitude is I don't have time for Facebook and all of this shit and yeah, to get I into think that. And exactly. I get it. I get it. If you just want to look at pictures, that's cool. But some people also just don't like the idea of like putting themselves out there and having people knowing what they're doing with their time all the time and like and also right. I think they appreciate well, that from that. other the other end too, where they don't want to know what everybody else is doing all the time. So Yep, yep. I feel like most of my most of my partners I've ever had like hate social media. Like all of them. They don't yeah. post on it. They hate it going on there. They don't use it really. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. I mean, but so you so different from me. Like maybe some people have to deactivate that to yeah. um not use it. Yeah. You I know I, I mean? always say like and I hear so many artists say this, if they didn't have to have the Facebook, you know, for like the business portion business of, end of what it. they do, yeah. they wouldn't. I probably wouldn't. I've said either. that before too. I've said that I don't too. know if that's really true. That's like I think it's one of those situations where you wouldn't know until yeah. you're there. I remember edit. I definitely get pissed off enough sometimes that I don't want to be on Facebook anymore. I'm pretty good at not using it unless I want to use it. You're pretty good at not using your phone, too. I, I am pretty good. It's <laughs> like. Never call have, Pat, anybody. He yeah, doesn't answer the phone. I won't. Even if I do see it ringing and I know who we are, I'm not going to answer it. Oh, I just don't he's wanna, a screener, y'all. Not Look even out. a screener. Don't I just cut don't wanna, yourself on his edge. I just don't want to talk on the phone. We live in a world where texts exist. Well, you don't even text, text back either. For like an hour, because then I'll get a text that says, "Sorry, I fell back asleep." <laughs> well, whatever. <laughs> oh my gosh. Anyway. Anyway, um, did you see the new Aphex Twin track that dropped, and actually the video that went with it? I saw the video. I heard the track. Yeah. Dude, it is so trippy. It literally made me feel. I couldn't remember if I was tripping or not. The video, like it. So, you know, it's typical it's cool. sort of amazing sound design, Venetian snare weirdness with Aphex Twin. But it's called uh, the T69 Collapse. And if you haven't had a minute to go check out the video, it's like worth it for that alone, even if you're not into this sort of like avant-garde, what is this, industrial electronic stuff? I, I could even, be totally wrong. This is outside of my The Aphex Twins realm. fans. I, are, I know, they're going to kill me. They're going to come after you. Don't crucify me, y'all. Just tell me what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Sunday. You can't crucify us. Oh, man. That's rich. Wow. I saw this amazing meme yesterday that said, God works in mysterious ways, but you don't have to. Use your plinker, please. 
<laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, check it out. I'm not a huge Aphex Twin fan, but... Yeah, it looks like this is the first track that's come out from his Collapse EP, which will be out September 14th on Warp, which... Is that his label? I have no idea. I think it is. Um, but yeah, it's a five-track EP. So the big Aphex Twins fans of the world out there... Aphex Twins. Yeah. <laughs> the big Aphex Twin fans of the world out there are probably super hype on this right now. Oh, yeah. I think it's been a hot minute they're since taking a, I think they're taking a break from the Radiohead tour to go uh, watch this. Uh, you know, I Mike Ryersey is a giant... Ghost Channels is a giant Radiohead fan, and I don't know that he really likes uh, or listens to... I Not really likes, but listens to Aphex Twin. Really? Yeah, so you're wrong. Did you see that they were going to use... Uh, Adult Swim as the platform for the initial premiere of this new Aphex Twin video. Oh, that totally and makes sense. And it didn't pass the epilepsy test, and oh. so they pulled the premiere. Really? Yeah. I mean, that makes sense the because last minute. this sounds like something, this sounds like music that would be playing in a, an Adult Swim transition. It totally does. That's, yeah. Yeah, literally. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Are we on Adult it's, Swim? Right they're now? either playing like chill hop or this type of goofy stuff. Yeah. Some lo-fi. Ooh, yeah, I'm yeah, going to yeah. put on some lo-fi in the background for a little bit. You're welcome, y'all. All right, a little lo-fi for ya. So I heard that Disney is going to be the new Netflix, or what's going on with that? Disney, they said they're starting their own streaming service, I guess, and they're going to pull all of their stuff off of Netflix, and you can only get it on their streaming service eventually. So that means all of Ooh. the Marvel movies, all of anything Star Wars related, oh, uh, all of their animated movies. I don't know if that means like, don't they own ABC? Does that mean like Modern Family and all of those shows that people stream? I don't know, does Disney own I know they're affiliated ABC? with it. I don't know if they own it. Yes, it's called Disney ABC Television Group. Well, so yeah, wow, and that will be like Grey's Anatomy and Lost and Ugly Betty and all of those awesome things that came out in like 2007, 2006, or I don't know. I think it's before that actually, like 2004. Yeah, but it's going to be everything. So it's going to be, they're going to be kind of like HBO in that regard, where they're going to lock everything down yeah, themselves. Yeah, that's wild. Isn't that crazy? So they're going to have Star Wars or Pixar, Marvel, Lucasfilms, ABC Television or whatever it is that you said it was called. I um, think they co-own Fox as well, which would be like Last Man on Earth and like... If they co-own it, I don't know if they can pull from it. But regardless, it's, it's going to be kind of crazy. And they said it's going to be cheaper than Netflix because it, the library is going to be much smaller. That makes sense. But it's going to include like their entire... History. And so all the Pixar's too. You can go too. back and watch all, probably all of their, all of their stuff, like their entire library. That's crazy. That's every like college freshman's dream. So parents, be ready to pay an extra monthly fee here. And to watch The Little Mermaid like twenty fucking times. Yep, and other interesting. Or Mulan. Shows. I had a friend who had little brothers and sisters, and they would just watch Mulan on repeat. Yeah. I actually have never seen that movie. Are you kidding? No, I'm not. All right, let's get down to business. We got to go watch it right now. Mm -mm. No, I don't have time. Oh, they send me daughters when I ask for sons. I remember the lines. I mean, I remember I watched the movie trailer. They have all the, all the great lines are in the trailer. That was from a song. 
Well, then I saw the song, the oh, music whatever. video. Shout whatever out Christina Aguilera. Was she in that movie? <clears throat> she sang like the official soundtrack single for it, uh, Reflection. Oh. Yeah. Was it like the, uh, what is that called? Frozen of its generation? Um, yes and no. I don't recall if, I mean, yeah, I think, I don't think they used um, Christina Aguilera's voice. In, they didn't for when she did the song in Mulan. Oh. But then they had her sing like the actual version and it was a big single for her. I can hear it right in my head right now. Nice. Mm-hmm. Good for you, Christina Aguilera. You needed that really to kick off your career. Dude, Christina oh. is killing it these days still. Hey, how nice would it be just to be, uh, you know, have a couple great hits, a couple meaning like, I don't know, five to ten. And then all of a sudden, you look, all you have to do is sit in a chair and pick people to sing on your team and make millions of dollars. Sounds like a really fucking easy job. Uh, Christina actually just announced her new tour that she's doing. The promo for it looked really cool. I almost didn't even recognize her. But they say, really? new year, new Christina. Is that, is that what they say? I think so. Okay. You know? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, no, but uh, I think um, Manic Focus and uh, Sun Squabby also announced... Some fatty tours, so that'll be they exciting. Really? That's yeah. cool. Yeah, they were lots of dates here in the fall uh, leading out into next year, so that's super exciting for them. I'm hoping both of them are going to come through Minneapolis, though I don't think it's on either of the dockets yet, but we shall see. Well, we just saw Squabby at um, Funk Street in Kansas City, all opening for the Floozies. That's the right. The fourth that's annual right. Funk Street party, which was really cool, actually. That was, I loved Kansas City. I had a blast. It's hard to really say if a place is good or bad yeah. for only being there one night. Well, we got but I had a good time. We left early enough in the day that we got to hang out really... A little bit. Uh, I mean, like, from, like, 3 p.m. on, and then the other thing was that we were playing the after party to the show, so we didn't even go on stage until, like, 1.30 in the morning because yeah. Missouri doesn't close the bars until, like, 3. So they, yeah, they close at 3, which that is was really wild. cool. That explains why... Oh, speaking That's of which, what? Maddie's from St. Louis, and... Oh. No wonder she's such a night owl. She's used to the bar being open until 3 in the damn morning. That makes sense. I, did, I took a nap in the green room before <laughs> we went on stage. I was all pooped. Yeah, he took a nap in the club for real, y'all. It was loud as fuck down there, too. I don't know how you did it. but he I slept. was really tired. He was apparently really, really dead. But you only slept for like 20 minutes, and then you it's woke up. Nap. And, yeah, it felt pretty good. Yeah, pew, pew. Yeah, you were ready to rock. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to the Recycled Funk Boys for bringing us down there. It was really yeah, fun. Was and awesome. then we hit Tulsa. Tulsa as well, which was really fun and actually kind of pretty. I was shocked. You know, I was really shocked at how pretty all of Missouri is. So if you've never been through Missouri, it's really pretty, y'all. It's really green. Yeah, it's- lots of green, lots of cool rock, lots of rivers, it seemed like, at least when I was over in St. Louis. Yeah. But yeah, anyway. So speaking of St. Louis, this week we have a really super cool, awesome guest coming up. Her name is Maddie O'Neill. I met her many moons ago when I was working with Elevated over in La Crosse, and she was still part of another group called Crooked Drivers. And they decided to do their own thing. And Maddie's been straight killing it ever since. I think she's played like twice at Red Rocks. She's been like heavily supported by the uh, Pretty Lights movement. And she is just slaying it right now. So definitely. Here we go. Our first guest tonight is. Introducing special guests. Let's do this. You're listening to Green Room Podcast. This is Maddie O'Neill, and you are listening to the Green podcast.
What's up? Escada. We got Escada. Maddie O'Neill. Maddie to the O'Neill. Madeleine O'Neill. Mads von Neill. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, gal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for uh, joining us on the Green Room podcast this week. We're super yeah. stoked to have you. I think this is episode 21, Pat. No, no, no. Um, not that much. We, I don't think what? we've cracked 20 what? yet. We're on. Maybe it's um, 20? I think it's 18. All right. You know what? We'll just edit that out. No, no, no. It's going to be 19. <laughs> this is episode 19. Hey, this is going to be episode 19. Bow, 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 bow. Bitch and Camaro. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize how many you guys had done already. I went on your SoundCloud you last night and checked them out. <laughs> oh, I did. I've done them all. I've been editing them all. I'm very familiar with how Yeah, many. Pat does. So so the stipulation really was when we decided to do this podcast, because every time we'd be in the car together on tour, we would always have what we thought was a hilarious conversation. And so we're like, <laughs> oh my God, you know, I wish we were recording this sometimes. And so Pat had been constantly bringing up this idea of doing a podcast but basically, it never really rolled around to happening. And then finally, one day, he said it, and I was like, you know what? If you want to have a fucking podcast, then you have to edit everything. You have to learn how to do all that stuff. <laughs> I don't have time to do it, but I will be on the, on the cast, obviously, with you. I will talk. <laughs> yes, I will come talk, and I will invite my friends to talk, and we can all hang out. And um, so Pat does all the editing for all the Green Room podcast stuff. You know? I love it. Good job. Pat, yeah, and um, he does a fantastic job. I try. I try. I still have a lot to learn about <laughs> compression. <laughs> we're, EQ, we're getting there, everybody. Compression, no. like maybe even adding three compressors on a single track to oh, help shit. with voiceovers. Oh my god! Yeah, and then you can add. Uh, I still have to figure out. Like you could add noise gates. You can add uh, deesser type stuff. I use deessers on all it's my like, vocals because they're just like, just like the different... perfect hole between these two front teeth I got going on that yeah. I am a whistler, I guess. <laughs> to make it really to make it really good, you have to like fine tune like eight different effects. Dude, apparently when I listen to my vocals sometimes I, I'm like it, I cringe at how like the sound my what my mouth makes at when oh I make an God. S. Thank God they make it. I, I remember showing a song to somebody once and they were like, you need a deesser. And I mean it sounds like it's like so self-explanatory that I almost, I didn't know what that was. Right. And I thought they must be joking or like making fun of me. But then I like I was looking through logic shit. I on anything. Everybody, right? yeah. everybody does. I was yeah. looking through logic shit though. And I saw this thing that said DSer, and I was like, oh, this person wasn't fucking with me. And yeah, it totally just pulls out those. Get, get, gets rid of the sounds. S's, the little yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Well, let's, can we put a DSer on that, Pat? Yeah. Um, actually, that's like the next step. That's what I got to learn. I was. I've been reading a lot about it lately. I've been. Um, so basically, the chain that I use right now is you run everything through um, a compressor that uh, compresses like the clips, like the high peaks. The compressor compresses. Well, Shut. it uh, hits you, you. One run. Run one compressor to get the peaks. Like people laughing or people being like, ah. Or banging like the table, whatever. People get excited, move closer to the mic, cut those off. Then you EQ it, and you put another compressor on it to round it out. And then you can and add then like you a put the schleem and the schlagmum. I gotta, I gotta fuck with it. There's a lot. I didn't know it was that in depth. It's more in depth. If you want to make it sound really like good, right now I've been like going through and chopping certain sections of each track and like doing manual volume automation. This is super nerdy for everybody listening. Sorry. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, we're we're gonna just all straight into the Everybody has a plumbus in their home. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, 
fast forward to the part where Pat's not boring anymore. <laughs> hey, I thought it was interesting. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> what What were we talking about? The Pat produces all my music, so I don't even know what he's talking <laughs> yeah, about. Right, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, right. He's the secret ghost writer. So anyway, um, what do you have uh, coming out lately or that you're working on that you're stoked about? Um, Well, the reason why this morning was so crazy is I just got the masters for my EP back today. The final masters. Um, So that's going to be six tracks. I just put out the single um, Light in Your Eyes featuring Manic Focus. that was tight. Yes. Everybody go listen to it. Yeah. That yeah, was like about a, that was like it. And by the way, props ago. on a six track EP. I'm sick of these eight track album bullshits and these <laughs> two track EP bullshits. Like, That's what two yeah. tracks is a single. I don't even Lazy. know if, if six tracks is, I, I would have to look at the actual like length of what it is, but. Well, you're not Timbaland, so yeah. you don't have to worry about it. Yeah. No, I think that's a good length for an EP. So yeah. props. I, I thought about, um, kind of like just splitting it up into like singles but like it, it ended up being kind of like a cohesive project by the end of it so I'm going to kind of highlight awesome each single because um, I feel like people people don't have these attention span that they once did but if I put out the album and then kind of like feature them so that people you know just a little poke like hey check this one out <laughs> maybe people listen yeah. to the whole thing that's what's really nice about EPs is if you can treat each song like a single if you plan it out right if you you know you have enough songs to create an ep like you said that's a cohesive vibe yeah you can totally. really make the most out of that of each song instead of like a full length album like you guys were talking about and actually i read an article recently about like how in the rap world there's like it's it's getting egregious like it unnecessarily I mean, like, large there's, there's 23 track tracks albums and shit like, like that. chris oh, brown had a 40 track. Yeah, it's insane it's and like tracks. the newest drake album apparently which i haven't listened to and probably won't um is about 23 <laughs> 24 song tracks long see and i thought it was why? moving in the opposite direction you know i thought things were getting shorter and then you see albums like that and you're like yeah. what the fuck yeah, really I mean, weird. I'm not. I, I'm not mad at a it, but weird, though. I mean, like, um, I just Shock Value Two that was, was like one 22. of my favorite albums of ever in the hip hop world, and that was twenty twenty tracks, I think. Yeah, for sure. I, I and that, 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 like, rap albums aren't as like dense as like listening to like a twenty three track like electronic album. You know, I what know, I mean? and they're shorter. So. I mean, I think average like rap track length is three to max four minutes because you also have to write material for that entire time, right? So, and in terms, I mean, like lyrical material, which in for me anyways, like a vocalist and a producer, producing comes much easier to me in terms of like just being able to like sit down and do something that I feel confident in than when I go sit down to write vocals sometimes. Even like these past two days, I've sat down to write on shit and it is just like not happening. Everything yeah. I write is corny as fuck. I feel yeah. like arcally <laughs> and I'm like, I'm done with this shit. And then we, now we're here today. Yeah, I've been trying to write like my own lyrics because I want to sing more too but like it's Hell so yeah. hard it's so hard dude I don't know how you do it like I'll, it it'll just forever, turn out man. real corny people <laughs> would always like oh well if you can sing then why don't you sing it's like there's so much more that goes into that right. than than you know you know like first of all you want to sound perfect on on your track like on your on your you know thoroughly produced ma- mixed mastered track 
I want to sound perfect. I mean, like I have the means to make myself sound perfect Yeah. because of this digital age we're in, you know? So so it's like, why would I not, you know, go that extra mile to just be that much farther above anybody else who might be doing that? You know, there's so many plugins and stuff that you can make yourself sound fantastic. And then also though, translating that live is like a whole nother thing in and of itself because you want to get to the point where you have that shit so on lock that it sounds the same live. So that took me like two years to get over the fear of not being perfect. Yeah. What do you, what do you do when you sing live? Do you like layer it um, and just like put verb on your vocal mic or do you like run it through? I asked for reverb on front of house. So I'm not getting any feedback um, from my monitors. So that's kind of rough sometimes, but it, it helps me definitely be more on point because you know, like reverbless vocals sound so I mean you hear every imperfection reverb is a way really to mask those things which is a a way you know I'm not um I'm not a genius I'm not gonna nail it every time that I'm on stage (laughs) um do you have an amazing voice though like for real (laughs) thank you so much yeah I mean I just it took me forever to practice enough to and to get my voice to the point where I felt super confident being able to duplicate what I did in the studio and I was really paranoid about not upholding those standards because I think one of the best parts of a concert experience is if you're going to see somebody you really like, if they just nail the shit out of it and it sounds like it could basically be the recorded version, but it's so perfect, but it's live and it's like, that's such yeah. a cool experience that I want I want that for the people that see me. So I just for so long was insecure about doing it. But yeah, dude, hell yeah, I'm super stoked you're going to start on that journey because it's really rewarding and it's really yeah. nice to hear it so I've, thank I've, you i've sang on two of the tracks that i've released um it's just, it's not like you know full verses but it's like you know here and there and yeah, i got I the think... i got the tc helicon uh nice. the voice oh, the line thing, touch but the thing that kish has is that the one that, no, that's the one that hooks onto the mic stand isn't it yeah yeah, oh, okay, that one's okay, awesome okay. my friend katie yeah, so has it. i still need to like dive into it but there's like 120 like you and know. you can control it from your phone. What? Yeah, it's like Bluetooth or something. So you can control the settings from your phone as well. Oh, yeah, wow. Probably. I didn't Just know that. The there's, like, there's like so many different settings to like figure out how you want to like, you know, it's it's basically like a blank canvas, like set it up exactly how you want to do it. But I need to experiment first to figure out what I want to do and then program it. So, but that thing is super cool. You can just like go, I can harmonize with myself, like create two layers of my own voice um, with that thing, just like live. Yeah, that's awesome. I think all it's about these days is figuring out how to translate what you're doing in the studio into a live setting. Yeah. Which is really hard to do sometimes if you're doing more, if you're, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. The digital world is just like so endless. So sometimes it's hard to replicate those things in like an analog sort of way. And mm-hmm. so making it's people like, understand and convey that you're actually doing something live is like really difficult when you're working yeah. with digital stuff. Especially if you if you produce something that's heavy digital, uh, you, you might not have the capacity to have enough people to reproduce it live the way mm-hmm. it is. So yeah. that's why there's kind of like this hybrid uh, live band thing going on right now. Yeah, so they're not Maddie reproducing. Did, um, yeah, she played in the summer camp the, uh, band um, with the uh, Nine Inch who Nails. Was that? No, 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 uh, that was Matt. Matt Harris did that. Yeah, but that, did, everyone I don't know orchestra. 
Oh, the everyone orchestra. That's yeah. Right. That's right. How was that? That was insane. I was so nervous for that. Um, I think that that was the first time that they had had like a, you know, like a DJ producer um, be a part of that um, jam in the way that I was. Um, I, I wasn't part of the whole set, but I did like a section, like a, a I think it was like a 12 minute jam where I got to like lead the section. So I kind of like, sh- I, that's crazy. I did you write up. stuff for that or, um, I did some prep for it. So like I, I set up like a grid, um, in the session view in Ableton and just kind of like had a bunch of samples, like trying to like be prepared for anything that was thrown at me. So I had like a, um, kind of like a main groove that like I gave the drummer um, and just like vocal one shots, percussion one shots, um, you know, like this little roads that I started out the vibe with um, and just basically just like one shots and um, little loop sections um, all in the same key. So I like started out the jam, gave the drummer the groove and like started with the little roads thing and everyone joined in with me. And then I had to like kind of keep up with what was going on and um yeah that was a crazy that's experience so cool. <laughs> that's really cool that's a really cool way of approaching it actually um yeah so did well, you have like all your one shots kind of like by key in different key different notes and like, um, set up in tracks or something like that i was gonna do that but since it was only like a, a section of the jam i was just like hey um if we stay relatively in this key and bpm like i'll be able to keep up um but yeah, I, I could have broken it down like that and done like the whole set, which I might do in the future. But it, it was it was just cool to be a part of like an experience like that, like being able to like it was like live improv, like me starting it out and like having to keep up with everyone. It was nuts. That's, That's super, wild. That's I awesome. don't even know yeah, how like, I with my computer. Yeah, I I thought about it forever. I was like, wait, how? I got the email and I was like, wait, so what do you want me to do? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. It was, that was cool, and I, I want to do a lot more um, sets like that, or like be a part of certain experiences like that. Even just like jamming with friends, because it was like a whole. It like I had to switch up the way that I thought about, you know, my own setup. Yeah, That's for sure. Awesome. So who um, who else joined you for that? Um, it was Ryan Stasic from Umphreys. Vinny was the drummer from Mo. Al Schneer from Mo. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, fuck, who else? Mike Dillon on percussion. Roosevelt Collier on slide. Like it was, it was like legends. I was like, <laughs> I was, holy shit! I almost threw I feel up. Like I saw Eric. Uh, was Eric from Lettuce? Krasno. Yeah. No, no he, he wasn't. He was no, it was uh, that was Al on guitar. Okay, okay, okay. Um, That's then, crazy. Dude. Yeah, these chicks from Mother Nature, these two rappers. Um, I don't even know. There was like too many people on stage for me to even know what was going yeah, on. That's so cool. Where was what stage was that at? Um, that was in the the Red Barn at Summer oh, Camp. Okay. It's like the VIP barn thing, is mm-hmm. it? Or is, is yeah. it always VIP? I think I it, know. well, it was the year that I was there, I wanted to cool. say. And you played solo set in the vibe tent too? Yeah, I actually <laughs> played three sets that day. I like, that yeah. was my first set. Then I played my main st- uh, main set on the 
in the vibe tent. And then I had a late night set on the pyramid stage. So like, I was just like running from stage to stage that day. I was like, That's literally wild. looks like I showered by the end of the day. Like I was like sweating Dude, my ass off. Nobody knows the fucking struggle of having like 10 foot long Rapunzel hair and having to like dance around on stage with that shit. Like that's insane. For real. People don't know the struggle. Like, yeah, I look like I got out of the tub. Like, fuck off. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, I just, I just showered. It's cool. <laughs> yeah that's wild I feel, dude i can't imagine once well, again this is one blast. of the reasons this is one of the reasons like we've said in podcasts before that one of our favorite festivals to go to and to be a part of was uh summer camp oh yeah it's because yeah. like you can you could see maddie o'neill have three sets in a day or you could uh yeah her with 10 other people on stage yeah, from like in, all the headlines of the entire yeah, it's festival. like one of the it's like, and you have like nine stages and there's special guests like whatever you're watching a, a special guest might show up from another band that's playing that day it's there's special guests when you walk down the pathway yeah it's right special guests <laughs> yeah, that, to the left. what's and, up uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah summer camp and uh forest this year was my first forest um and that was kind of the same way it's like everyone is just collaborating with everyone everywhere at all times of of the night and day so I don't know it's just crazy I love I love how people are just kind of collaborating with each other on the fly more and more we were kind of talking about um when we were talking to wax future on the last episode about how I feel like this community, like the trip hop, hip hop, you know, mid tempo crowd, I feel, I guess more or less, is kind of like a unique community in that because it's so sample based, people are just so down to, to be collabing. And also, everyone's just like so friendly, I feel like, oh, as yeah. opposed to some of the other genres. And it's really, really cool. And I think it's what makes it so awesome is that everybody's friends of friends and whatever. And people are constantly making new cool shit together and you don't really see that I feel like in other places when people are just looking out for themselves yeah like we I I talked about this in um one of my most recent interviews is like we're we're kind of like all in this like family where we're helping each other out and promoting each other's shit and collaborating with each other it's not like a competition where like you know we're out to like get each other there's you know there's not enough room for all of us um which I don't really get that mind state at all, but I think we're really lucky to have this like f- like family of artists that we do. Um, it's yeah. wild how small the world is. Like no matter where you go to, you know, you go out. Like I was just over where you're from in St. Louis last week, and oh yeah, um, you hit me up. <laughs> yeah, did you get barbecue. And, um, uh, dude, I did not get a chance. It was quite an extravaganza that I had there. I'll tell you about okay. it at a wave spell. But, okay, cool. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, what was I just gonna say? Fuck. What were we you talking had, about? Talking oh. about St. Louis. Right before that, though. I'm um, sorry. You're talking about how wherever you are. Family. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's a super small world. So I was out in St. Louis, where you are from, this weekend, and I didn't get a chance to get barbecue, but it was it was still cool to hang out there for a little bit. And I went out to this festival and. Ended up knowing the guys running the Hennessy sound rig that I played on. So it, oh, that's sick. more, I mean, mostly more east than I usually go, St. Louis. I mean, the most east I usually go is like Michigan. Really? In the part. Yeah, so far. Yeah. So that was the most I've been over there. But yeah, just crazy because it's it's like everywhere you go. Yeah, and I, I didn't think I'd know anybody at this festival. And I think that we expect that a lot, maybe. I'm sure you you're playing so 
many cool new things. I'm sure you sort of sometimes are like not nervous probably, but just like, yeah, well, cause um, I travel I everywhere by myself like, yeah. and about if they're going to find anybody to hang out with and like that kind of stuff. I know it sounds kind of weird, but I feel no, that way sometimes at least real. anyway. Yeah. You never know who you're going to meet. Yeah. There, and so it's so nice that it's such a small community or... because even though I do have that fear sometimes that I'm going to show up and just be alone the entire night, it, I mean like 99.9% of the time you find somebody that you know, or somebody that knows somebody you know really well. Oh yeah. And then for you just sure. So, I, don't, I don't think I've gone to like any festival where I was just like, oh shit, like I know zero people here. You know, it's yeah, always, always just something happens. Like you guys, uh, the Priceless Festival that we played, oh, yeah. I like didn't oh, know yeah, anyone sure. else on the lineup pretty much. That was and, so wild. We and, went to go check when you were flying in and like, I'm like literally looking at the board outside the cabin. Like when, when the hell does Maddie get in today? And then I walk in the cabin to go ask somebody and you turn around. <laughs> I was right like, there. what's up? That was perfect timing. <laughs> Let's go drink tequila. <laughs> <clears throat> no, that that was epic. I'm glad that we all got to like actually kick it that weekend because it's usually just like madness and you see people for like five minutes here and five minutes there. But yeah, for we sure. All, we well, all that one's so tough. small. It's yeah. so small. And also like we weren't really trying to go back into the woods after you showed up because you got your fancy hotel room. <laughs> oh, I right. looked out <laughs> so hard on that. I, yeah, you that could just like man. see it in my eyes that, that I was changing. like tired. He's like, you know what? Uh, yeah, you looked a little deceased, <laughs> but you made it, man. You got a, you got a second wind. Like I was ready to rage at like eight and then like you needed to like midnight and like right around midnight, I was like, okay, I'm deceased. I'm going to bed. Yeah. So. I never f- like fully got my next win, but I was like in like autopilot cruise mode. At least I made it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Y'all were sitting up on that like 30 foot tall scaffolding for like seven hours. Yeah. It wasn't that, it wasn't that long. It was maybe about two and a half. Yeah, we had, we had some good conversations. So <laughs> we got, long we got real deep. I just can never feel comfortable. So they had this huge scaffolding thing um, at Priceless Festival that's right near the main stage called the Dirt Stage. There's four platforms on the top and you can go sit on them. And like, it feels like I'd say 90% secure. But when people climb on it, you feel a little shake, shaky. Yeah. And there's not like a gate really surrounding you. You just have to so you hold on to like the ground or a pole near you for dear life the entire time. And I finally was just like, this is too much. Like yeah. I just it was kind of sketchy at, at certain moments for sure. Yeah, I didn't feel like I could ever just relax. I was like, if I relax, I'm gonna die. So <laughs> we were sitting there drinking and <laughs> Yeah, that too. Smoking okay. whatever, and I'm just kind of like, oh smoking man. Smoking whatever, I, yeah. Pat was smoking peyote. So I hope I didn't like I hope I don't tip over the side and fall like 40 feet down. Exactly. I was like I would I would have to like I, just, I, I suddenly realized yeah. my left hand was hurting. And then I realized it's because I was like holding this You're, pole like, with like it. the force of like a, of a tornado was coming. And then I'd be like, Jesus, make it chill the fuck out. And I'd like loosen my grip and then I'd realize it happening again like shortly after. And I was like, okay, I probably should just like get down from here. I kept climbing down and going to the bathroom just to feel secure, like right. just to take my anxiety levels down, maybe oh, a touch. Man. Yeah. So that was fun. Was yeah. time, no, that it was, wasn't really that a blast. That was a really dope festival. It is a blast, dude. I'm so excited to be going back there. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, me and Maddie are, get to go. You guys are both, both doing play at Wavespell, Wavespell STS yeah. Oh, yeah. Wavespell. 
And I get to do two sets for the first time at a festival, which I'm really stoked about. Are you going to do some tech house? Please say yes. Yes. I'm going to play tech house. Um, I'm going to play a normal from myself, but I'm also, yeah, going to do another tech house set. So I don't know when they'll put me or whatever, but I'm super excited. It's been a goal of mine for a really long time to be able to do that because I love house. So Yeah, I've been kind of like trying to like build – um, my DJ set, and I really want to do like a house set at some point, but I haven't yet. I Dude, know we should totally just start a house project yes. and then we can tag and shit. Oh my god, yes, dead ass right now. Let's do it. Y'all just heard the manifestation slash creation of <laughs> the new vaginal emancipation Eesh. of our house duo. <laughs> Oh Damn. my god, that would be epic! Everyone thinks that we're like the same person anyway. Dude, that is so ironic. <laughs> wait, that really? Just said. People think that? Yeah. Dude, while I was Saint, wait, 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 was it St. Louis? No. Kansas City. Was it Kansas City? I have no idea what you're talking. Oh about. Oh my god. Okay, I had a show. I was. We just did Kansas City, Tulsa, and St. Louis in the same week, pretty much. And um, at one of those shows. Oh, uh, it wasn't at the St. Louis show, which is even more funny, actually, because you're from there. I walked into the front of house to go tell them I would like some reverb on my microphone on the front of house, like we were just fucking talking about. And this guy comes up to me and he's like, hey, Maddie. And I was like, close. I'm Megan. And he's like, oh, shit. I knew that. And I was like, it's cool, man. Oh, my God. It's not... Time and it's not the last time so I yeah but see we don't even like look alike but we both have like m names and we both have like long hair and like yeah do music. she got boobs and she dj's oh my god but no we would totally fucking crush a house duo bam wham oh my bam god. in the clam uh, we're making this happen done yeah it's happening awesome. happening right now uh, Maddie Hamilton. Madelton. Madelton. <laughs> Madelton. Didn't we already have this happen, Maddie? This happened on Facebook. People like, oh yeah, this did <laughs> This happen. already happened. Yeah, somebody already like started a thread on Maddie's wall about what we would be called if we were like a duo or something. Yeah. Madeline. We need to go. I feel like Frost. Re- I feel like Frost won this. Yeah. Frost That's usually wins the, the pun contest. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that is so fucking funny, dude. Dude, and speaking of multiple sets, I think Squab's doing like four or freaking sets at the STS9 wave spell thing. Or maybe I'm full really? of shit and it's like two. Now I, I think. Now I really want to go. Are you not going? No, I'm not coming. I'm not coming. You're not gonna come to Swabby's shit. and get tacos with us? No, like I told like I told you earlier. Oh my Megan, god. Yes. Uh, in this band, in this band, somebody has to put bread on the table and have a real job. Well, thanks oh, for the bread, Pat. Shit. You're the breadwinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Thanks for the oh bread. You're welcome, Thanks guys. For the bread, You're welcome. Pat. Thanks for You're making welcome. me fat <laughs> yet again. Yeah, you're welcome, ladies. Yeah. Somebody. <laughs> Whatever. You're on keto. Somebody has to put the nuts on the table. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, shit. Oh, man. Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, do you have any, like, besides Wave Spell, obviously, any shows coming up that you're super totally toked for? Totally toked? Um, this weekend I'm doing, um, uh, summer meltdown in Washington on Friday and then kind mind camp out in Maine on Sunday. So I'm like basically like flying all the way across the country. Dude, you know, that's funny. Cause after you told me that, cause I was like, yo, are you going to be at Arise? 
And, oh, yeah, um, shit. That's this weekend, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you're like, no, I'm going, I'm doing this and this. And then, and then I was like, I've heard of those festivals, but I don't know where they are. And I Googled them and I was like, I like literally laughed out loud just because I feel, because I feel you. Because I was like, ha! Yep. I was like, dude, it's like yelling across the house to my girlfriend. I'm like, Maddie has to fly from Washington <laughs> to Maine this weekend. <laughs> literally story of my life. Like, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> so rich, dude. I'm so sorry. Yeah, but I mean, we're so sorry. Luckily, we were just talking about how people think that, like, if we complain about things like that, or like, oh, your life is so hard. You get to go to two festivals in one week, and it's like you try it, bitch. Like, yeah, seriously, come real. talk to me when you're deceased from that exact shit. <laughs> trying to like, trying to do shit and make business connections and be sociable and keep all of your schedule together together in your head every day. Yeah, when. People expect you to be out partying until 8 a.m. Yep. Yeah, like every it. time that I hit up Maddie like, when I'm in Denver and she's like, but I'm dead. And I'm like, bitch. <laughs> Come on, I want to party. I know. It's like, no, we all got to do. I don't know. It's so hard. to. Like my brain is constantly just like scattered. I've definitely like, I feel like I've developed. I don't know, I don't know if I really believe in ADHD or not, but. It's definitely, it's definitely gotten way worse. Yeah, dude. I I was this week about how I've not really felt like super creative lately, and so I was like, okay, well, I'm gonna wake up and I'm gonna I'm gonna not smoke or anything, and just like try to work on stuff. And if that doesn't work, then I'm gonna smoke a bowl. And the, and then probably because I'm exasperated and pissed off because I didn't make anything worth the shit before that, so I smoke a bowl. And then I'm like, okay, if that doesn't work, then I'm gonna like make myself a drink. And then like all these like cocktails and things that like you have to like eventually do to like get yourself in the zone where you can be like just creating constantly because I um like I know I've who's been... that um Alan Watts the philosopher the English oh, philosopher okay. he has this thing about where he's like artists are interesting in that like it's kind of like their whole entire life is like if you had some kids at a at a family gathering and you're like hey kids go play over here and you just put a bunch of kids together that don't really know each other in a place they're not super familiar with probably yeah. and just tell them to go play, go have fun or whatever. And it's sort of like the same for artists that it's just like, you're supposed, you're told just to like go make something right. that's worth a shit. Yeah. And it's like just you're a like, lot harder right. than just like. <laughs> Gotta just pull something out of thin air, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So sorry. I know that was like sort of tangential, but. No, no, no. It's, <laughs> I've been, uh, yeah, I've been kind of like in a weird funk lately with, um, you know, trying to sit down and get in the zone and actually be able to focus because um, I've been in and out of town so much. So I have like a million like starts to tracks, but like I haven't like fully been able to like get in the zone with like no distractions and just like go there. It's really you know? tough, do you, dude. Do you find um, that you do any production on the road, like in your hotel room, in your tent, wherever, um, wherever you end up staying, like you take free time to work on things or do, do you feel like you have to be in your own studio in your room to actually get into that creative mindset? Because I find like that can be a struggle for a lot of people. And oh, yeah. some people like if, if even you look back like years ago, Skrillex had said he produced a track on the, and the airplane on the way to wherever he was playing. I actually, I love making music on airplanes because like you're totally cut off from the rest of the world. You know what I mean? Like you, you can't get a text message or like go online or do anything. So 
That's totally true. Um, so you're kind of like feel forced like to like on the be plane. in that zone. But uh, I'm I'm not the the greatest about producing on the road um, unless it's like starting a track on the plane or something because. I'm just so tired all the time, you know? It's like, Dude, there's I no totally time. There's not m- that much time in between everything. Um, right. So It really isn't. It, you think there the are, way. like, in your head, I feel like when you're traveling and stuff, you're like, oh, cool, I'm going to have, like, an hour of downtime here, two hours of downtime here. It never freaking Never, ever happens. happens. Yeah, nope. exactly. I think the same way. It's just I, constant go, 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 go. I used to bring books that I wanted to read on the road, and I stopped bringing them because I'm like, there's not, I'm yeah, not it's like read. I'm gonna be I'm be realistic. Yeah. Completely. Absolutely yeah. but, not. Um this tour that I'm doing this fall, it's like almost two and a half months and it's like on the bus with Cherub. So I'm gonna like force Ooh, myself to congrats. thank you. I'm gonna force myself to get in some kind of habit of like, you know, making a beat every other day or like, you know. Just kind of like once I get in the rhythm, um, figure out how I can like work it in to my schedule um, or just like days off or whatever, because I, f- I need that and I need to figure out a way to um, make time for it in those kind of situations. Yeah, it's hard Absolutely. not to feel guilty, too, about like sometimes yeah. when you're, you have downtime, but you're so exhausted that it's just like, you know, you're not going to make anything worth a shit because you're just mentally drained. Yeah. So right. try not to beat yeah. yourself up over that shit is really hard sometimes too. Yeah. That's all. That's like a, le- a huge lesson that I've learned lately is like, if I'm half-assing it, if I'm exhausted and just like trying to make something just to make something like it's not worth it, I might as well just sleep and make something tomorrow. Um, because, yep. you know, half-assing anything is never... Never it's the a waste of time. Yeah, yeah, what does Ron Swanson say? Never half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I like, like <laughs> I have that same problem. Like at the end of the night, if I if I don't have enough motivation, but I know I should do it, I'd rather not do it and then just go to bed. Yeah, and you can't go to bed. No, I know. Well, I'm starting to get. Better I think at y'all it. are like you know kindred spirits over here because y'all y'all this both vampire can't. life. Yeah, both of you. This yeah. motherfucker over here I'm sitting next to cannot go to bed like before like 4 a.m. Yep, I'm the same First way. Uh, yeah, and y'all get like a second wind at midnight that I That's don't the understand. Problem. That's the problem. It's like I, I should go to bed at like 11 o'clock when I'm kind of tired, but then 11.15, 11.30 hits and I'm up. But I don't have quite enough motivation to tell myself I should start something and do something productive musically. Yeah. You know, and I'm going to tell you that it's not even going to go away with age because no. two days ago my mom – Liked a bunch of my old Facebook posts at two thirty in the morning, mo- Mountain Time. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> like okay, Mountain Time. What are you doing? No, what that's are you true. Doing, mom? No, like, my it was grandma. Three thirty to me is like what, mom? What is yeah. happening? My grandma and my aunt are the same way. My aunt has stayed up until like two, three a.m. every day for fifty years. Really? Oh, yeah, my mom just figured out how to use like the computer, like really, like really later. use the internet recently, like in the past like five years, I'd say. And like this has become revolutionary because now she just like doesn't go to bed till like three in the morning. Oh my god! Butting around on the internet. There's so many things on the internet. I I can't stop. No, I think her her favorite home pages are jcpenny.com. Oh god. And um, (laughs) and such and things like that. Dude, 
these fucking Instagram ads need to stop because they know exactly really? what I want. And I'll sit there when, like, at four in the morning when I'm trying to go to sleep. And, like, they'll, it'll just pop up and be like, check out these shoes. They're like, look at this jacket. And I'm like, fuck. And then I end up, and then I end up ordering a bunch of shit at four in the morning. Dude, what are you they like call that like um, kish? Are you like kish with wish? No, I haven't got sucked into the whole wish thing. No, but like, do you don't ever forget where you it. what you ordered? Oh and yeah, it just shows up, and you're like, oh yeah, definitely. Oh, this is kind of cool because <laughs> I ordered it off some <laughs> random Instagram ad site that takes like a year to get it to you. Yeah, no, they're all made in. Everything's made in China on Instagram the and like Facebook. Shit are those ones that are like free item with just shipping, and then the shipping's like forty two dollars, right. and you're like, <laughs> yeah, free what item. We were talking about on Prime that was like on um, this subreddit Life Pro Tips. I was like, um, it's you're not saving money on like Prime Day or things that are on sale if you weren't going to buy it in the first yeah. place. Uh, well, that's yeah. just like yeah. consumerism it's not, it's not, in general. It's not savings that's savings if you like were going to buy it in the first place. That's just like what sales are in general. Like, oh, I, I want this because it's on sale. You're, it's like It triggers a human emotion um, or instinct to yeah. be like, oh, I'm saving money and do this. But like, did you really Dude, need that? Dude, tangentially, really quickly, I did found you these need really that cool pants real cheese the other day toaster? because <laughs> I bought those really cool uh, pants with the leaves on them and shit. You know what I'm talking oh, yeah. about? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I went, yeah, like I got these really cool joggers that have like tropical leaves and that's shit on were, them. I think you might have seen them. But um, anyway, uh, I went back to Burton's website like two days ago to try to find and see if they had any other dope pants that were out because I like them so much. And they totally do. And so I was like, oh, my God, I got to have this pair. I, I put it in the cart. And they're like, it was like 48 bucks. And I'm like, they're like free shipping after $50. I'm like, of course. So I'm like, I go find this like $7 Burton coffee mug so that just so that I can get over oh, the, the limit so I can get free shipping because shipping was going to be like 12 bucks. So I was sure. still going to save seven bucks here and get a coffee mug. You know, that was my plan. Anyway, yesterday I get an email from the company saying that they cannot find the Burton mug anywhere. They've searched all their stores. It's totally gone. They're really sorry that they can't send it to me, so they're going to give me one-day shipping and not charge me for any of it. Hi. So basically, I got one-day shipping for the item I wanted in the first place. I didn't nice. have to buy something I didn't need at all. And That's a win. it just all was really serendipitous. <laughs> Dude, I um I just ordered some stuff online recently. I bought some new underwear. I'm really excited for it. <laughs> what? Nice. Do they have any patterns on them? Uh, no, I, I I went with plain. Lame. Yeah. You're never gonna get lame. Lame. Come on. Lisa get some banana here. shorts. Uh, I know. Are you like anyway. Doug? You just your closet is just like same color everything. Yep. Just any cartoon <laughs> character. Yeah, pretty much like a cartoon character. <laughs> yeah, you're More right. like SpongeBob. I always think of Doug. This is me now. Where my uh, Dude, build? I just designed a Doug That's poster it. the other day Ass. for some hip hop show. What? Yes. Yeah. Random. Yeah. Anyway, well, you know, we are chatty patties over here. <laughs> by right. that, I mean chatty patty over here. And, I haven't um, said much at all. I'm, I'm totally joking. <laughs> so, um, how did you like get started? I started doing all this stuff, I guess, like by playing the guitar when I was 11 years old, and it all kind of segued into this ridiculousness that we now find ourselves in. But like, how did you? I know you got some music background in your family. So, do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, well, it's it's kind of like a super, it got into it very randomly. I definitely came from a musical family. My brother was in a bunch of indie rock bands in St. Louis, and my dad was in a band in the 70s. They they traveled the country, in a, or it, not in the country necessarily, probably 
California in a in a gutted out Wonder Bread truck was their tour van. But kind of grew up on rock and roll and blues in St. Louis, but I never stuck with an instrument. I kind of just like always envied my brother because he taught himself like every instrument. And one year for Christmas, my brother got the Ableton software. And that was probably like eight or nine years ago now. And he just like gave it to me and was like, hey, you know, I know you have the ear for it. Like maybe you should just, you know, see what you can do. Like start fucking around with it. Do you know what version it was? Like which version of Ableton? God, I wish I knew. This must have been in like 2010. So whatever. Pat, what what model of Ableton do you think was out in 2010? Uh, two th- 2010. Yeah, the sorry. sorry. Uh, da, da, da. Oh, yeah. uh, what model was it in 2010? I think. Oh, 2010. I forget. It had to have been like, like probably a 2000, uh, Live 8. 8? Yeah. 2010? Yeah. I mean, when I bought Ableton, it was, I remember it, it was 2009 because it was my first year out of college. And I thought it like looked cool with the colors. And I'm like, this seems kind of easy to do cool stuff. And yeah. it turns out it was way easier than Pro Tools to do what I wanted to do. Yeah. But I remember I bought that and I bought Ableton Suite and it was Live 8 Suite. It's 7. I just Is it 7? Nice. It's 7. So yeah, sorry to interrupt you. No, Betty. when did 8 come out then? Because um, I thought well, that's when I bought it. Well, obviously it must have been the next year that you're talking about because you said 09, we're talking 08. But anyway, we're just oh. trying to see kind of what we were looking at back then. But anyway, oh, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. Maddie, to interrupt. Keep going. <laughs> no, 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 you're good. Um, but basically, at that point, like I, you know, I played cello and piano like growing up, but like never oh, you like played cello. Shut I played, up. I played cello in middle school. It was Holy like shit. You know, everyone, Have you ever done that on a track? No, I haven't. Dude, we're I making probably, a fucking cello track. I probably haven't played cello since middle school. So I'm sure uh, it's like riding a cello. Ride and just ride the cello. <laughs> Dude, you're going to call the track that. Anyway, so you played the cello um, and I'm an extreme interrupter. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're fine. Um, but I never like, you know, fully stuck with it. I was just too distracted and, you know, whatever, doing kid things. But That's so typical. We were just talking about that. Like everybody hated being in band and shit. Yeah, and I know. It, yeah. But yeah, so I just kind of like sat down with it. I instantly like went out and bought a APC because like, I I don't know, I guess I probably yeah. just asked the guitar center dude, <laughs> like, what, what do I need with this? So, and then I just basically started like sampling and like chopping samples up. And I realized that I could like hear the way that things work together, even though I didn't like know what the technical term for it was. But I just got hooked on it and just like kind of taught myself everything I know about it. Like the software, I started watching a ton of YouTube videos, slowly teaching myself keys, which I'm still trying to get better at. Yeah, but- we were kind of talking about like on last week's episode about how like those of us who feel like we have like this, you know, music oriented brain or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Yeah. Sort of have this analytical side for music where we've never been able to really listen to music in the same way that I feel like a lot of people can because we're yeah. constantly like dissecting everything. And oh it's like God, an actual yes. mental exercise for us yeah, to do I think this. We, and we something this... we didn't realize we even were doing for so long. Yeah. I think we had this conversation, uh, Maddie, in, in California too. Yep, we totally did. Had, I remember that. With, Kish, with you, me, and Kish, we had this exact conversation. I must have gone to bed already. You were already in awesome. yeah, you yeah. passed that. <laughs> but yeah, no. Awesome. 
Yeah. So anyway, yeah, you realized you were hearing stuff differently and able to put stuff together? Yeah. Basically just started like making like beats, you know, chopping up samples, you know, doing kind of like as a hip hop producer would and going out and digging for vinyl. It's so cool you were doing that in 08. That blows my mind. I was graduating from high school. It was probably like 2010. I graduated high school in 2008 and I got into music like sophomore year of college. That still blows my mind. That's amazing. Yeah, it's still pretty early. But I mean, I don't know. I I didn't know anything. So (laughs) it kind of took me a while to like, you know, figure out what the fuck was going on. Anytime someone asks me like for advice with Ableton, it's like the the learning curve of, you know, learning the software. You have to learn how to do what you want to do before you can totally do that. That's what I say to everybody when they're like, how do you la la la? It's like hours in the program, period. Hours in the program. That helps a lot. I think, um, I mean, I I had Ableton for like three or four years before I started taking lessons from our mutual friend, uh, Nick Belopetrovich. And he's, he's like, uh, what'd you say? He's Ableton certified. He's Uh, he's a techno producer and A&R for um, some big labels out of Chicago. Out of Chicago, yeah. So anyway, I met him randomly and he said he private taught lessons. And I took that for like, I don't know what it was, like 10 weeks or whatever. And it, if nothing else, it just, he he was kind of teaching like the basics on how to use the DAW, but, and like how to use a grid, et cetera, et cetera. I knew, I knew a lot of that stuff already, but what really helped me understand uh, Ableton was his instruction on how things flow together and like the, uh, I guess, like track um, flow flow chart, more or less. You know what yeah. I mean? Just like the basic functions on how to use Ableton. Totally. Mind-blowing. And it's, it seems like such a small thing, but so I, I always recommend to anybody who's trying to start out in a DAW, just go get like a couple lessons. It's totally worth yeah, it. Yeah, did you? I didn't totally have any instruction at all. You didn't either, Maddie, you were saying. Nope, I basically... Oh, actually, so I, I started out watching a shit ton of YouTube videos and just like mm-hmm. figuring out, you know, what was going on. And then we kind of like met some people. This is when I lived in Boulder and was in my old project. But we met a couple other producers like through Facebook or SoundCloud or whatever. I and mean, we would like get together and kind of like teach each other things, you know, kind of like learn That's together. So cool. I'm like very jealous of that. That's awesome. So that was like kind of probably like, I don't know, six months or a year into it. So that was a cool way to learn too. Cause we were both kind of like in the same boat and be like, oh, this is what I learned today. Like, check this out, you know, that kind of thing, which is it awesome. It was cool too to like, when you do teach yourself, you know, you are seeking out things that you want to do. Yeah. So I felt like when I do that, there has been several occasions in my career where I've had these breakthroughs that have been so exciting for me. Oh, yeah. Because totally. there are things that, you know, were particular to like what I wanted to do. Maybe not something that I would have really necessarily learned had I been in a class for like learning like broad things. But there are things that I've learned that have like completely changed the way that I do every single thing I do. I remember the first time, I mean, this was so long ago, but I remember the first time somebody taught me how to sidechain. Yeah. And that was someone like really briefly leaning over my shoulder while I was producing one day. And yeah, and um I remember Nick Bielopetrovich, who Pat was just talking about, teaching me how to compress a kick really quick. And like there's just these tiny moments where, yeah. you know, we weren't taking classes or going to school for it, but 
there were, they were formative moments in what I currently do and how I feel like I've gotten my production to the point where it is, um, sans yeah. like formal education right. and, and stuff like that. Right. And I think that's really cool. And yeah. I guess in, in hindsight, when I say like recommending taking lessons, like taking lessons in a semi one-on-one one-on-one situation if you can like that's what i did so it was yeah. nice to work with, so you can work ask with what nick you want to know yes exactly yeah so my sure. my training was more like how do i do this how do i mm-hmm. do that and he would give me like a broad overview and then we could dissect yeah into the no, details that's great of what advice. exactly and i i, I agree because i i always i always said that to people that ask me like how do you learn guitar and i told them you know take like two months of lessons learn the fundamentals yes. of what's going on then teach yourself and yeah. i think that's exactly what you're saying like, guitar lessons you're one-on-one with somebody so oh, yeah. I was like, going in there and literally bringing in like the first song I learned, I think on the guitar that that wasn't Kumbaya was like <laughs> um, Eat World, the middle. And my teacher was so cool. He was just like, bring in what you want to learn. And I remember being pissed for a while because I was in this pop punk phase where all I wanted to play was pop punk shit. And it was all bar chords. And those fucking hurt your hands <laughs> oh when you start yeah. playing bar chords. They literally are painful. <laughs> they are, I hated yeah, it. And yeah. I remember being like, you know what? Fuck this. I don't want to play this kind of shit anymore. And I went to the more acoustic, like chord based kind of stuff and started learning that kind of stuff. And then I remember one day coming in with just, just this like conviction where I was just like, you know what? I'm going to stop being a total puss about this. I want to know these bar chords and I'm going to like do it till it hurts and I'm going to make it work, you know? Yeah. But yeah, just having that little bit of first instruction, regardless. Yeah, if you if it's just one on one, regardless of if it's formal education or if it's just somebody like telling you something that you will remember forever, that drastically improved what you do. That's just uh, yeah. I feel like it's, that, it's it can be the a lot of times people give up because it's so overwhelming and you don't know where to start. So if someone can give you like a little bit of direction, like go this way you know, kind of like break it down for you. It helps you figure out like, you know, it helps, it helps break it up into smaller chunks of learning rather than like looking at this new software, just like, holy fuck. Like, where do I start? I like feel bad for people on Ableton because Logic has like its garage band predecessor, which kind of can totally teach people how to use Logic on a less advanced level. But anyway, right. yeah. this is like such a tangent this that we could go on right nerdy, now. Get back to talking about really quick. So, so I like I think the last thing that you were saying, Maz, is that you started to use Ableton that you'd gotten from your brother, and you got a controller, and you started to learn how to sample things and stuff like that. Yeah, and basically, and then Crooked Drivers, which was yeah, Crooked Drivers was your old project that you were talking about. You were in Boulder and learning um, in a more like group setting where you were all like, kind of learning from each other. Yeah, totally. And then yeah, I basically just got like hooked and kind of fell in love with it. And the more I learned, the more creative I could start to be. Yeah, that was kind of like the beginning of it without going too in depth. <laughs> but yeah, uh, sure. I, I pretty I'm pretty much self taught and everything. I kind of taught myself the basics of theory and playing keys and uh, my my beats evolved into like full songs that were more electronic based than just like hip-hop sampling yeah i think you're our fourth guest that has been on hot shit which is super super cool you want to talk a little bit about that at all like um you working with plm and our pretty lights music a little bit and yeah um all that stuff um that's 
I think that's probably one of the only like DJ mixes that I've put up online. Um, I need to do more of those, but that was really cool to be a part of the hot shit. Cause, um, yeah, the, the pretty lights label in the beginning, um, was a huge influence to me. And, um, just like the hot shit playlist, I think that Blake was doing forever. Um, is where I discovered like a lot of new music. So it was cool to be a part of that. And, in the early part of my solo career, the whole Pretty Lights crew was like a huge, huge, um, they, you know, support system for me, I guess. Right. Phil, their, Derek's manager, is a really good friend of mine. And he kind of looped me in with that whole squad and put me on, a, you know, a ton of Pretty Light shows. And I think that is like a big reason why my solo career was able to do so well right off the bat. That's, that's amazing. So kind of going back a little bit, uh, when did you move from St. Louis to Boulder with uh, Crooked Drivers? I moved from St. Louis to Boulder in 2008 when I graduated high school to go to CU Boulder. And then when did you go and you started uh, doing solo Matty O'Neill stuff? I want to say like what, three years ago? Um, I think it's like it's been like two and a half years, not even three years. Two and a half years, which is oh, crazy. Three years. I, I just That's got crazy. like a, a someone tagged me in like a memories thing that it's been two years since I put out my first album, the Introspects, my debut album. That's awesome. Um, wow, that's been that long. Yeah, it's been two years. It yeah, feels, I was thinking like it was like I was thinking it was like three years ago. Fuck. My whole sense of time is I, well, it came out right before our. It wasn't really a debut album, but what my management decided to call it a debut album. Oh, photosynthetic? Yes, which that? no one yeah. can say yet again. You know, this is the second album I've ever made that people can't pronounce, but it's kind of cool. <laughs> and we'll so learn smart. from this. Yeah, I'm just so Boy, smart. I'm again, smart. I'm again, yes. Um, <laughs> anyway, though, no. Um, but going back to uh, that, when, um, how long ago... Because I'm not familiar. I haven't heard the episode, but uh, when were you on the the hot shit? Uh, probably, I mean, it was at least a year ago, I would say. Okay. Um, Timeline-wise. Yeah, it was one I, of the first ones I saw, I felt like, that were coming out in terms of, like, our homies being all over right, this. Right, right. Yeah. Which is awesome. For sure. Really cool to see. Yeah, their, their, their whole camp was so huge in the beginning of me starting this new project. Um, how how did you get approached? Grateful. How did you get a- approached by them to be featured as uh, you know part of their satellite radio show? Their hour, I believe it is. I think for the hot shit episode, um, Blake Supervision reached out to me because he was he was generally the one in charge of organizing all of that. Okay. Awesome. And when they, I think they switched their format because they were doing the whole PL movement kind of right. thing where they were kind of wanting to showcase and highlight other artists kind of like as a collective. So they reached out to a bunch of people to do episodes and Blake is a good friend of mine. So awesome. Kinda- right. So you also though, were on sort of tour with, with pretty lights last year, I believe for some of the, what do they call those? The episodic um, festivals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did a few of those, and you ended up at Red Rocks a couple times in the I last played, couple of years. I played Red Rocks with Pretty Lights in 2016, which was, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Um, and then last year I played Red Rocks with um, Big G. 
but I was on, I think, five other episodic dates last summer with yeah, Pretty I Lights. I was so jealous over. of that one that you were on at the Gorge. I've just never oh been to the Gorge. Oh my God, that was that a was ridiculous it. experience. It still doesn't feel like it happens. <laughs> but Dude, is that the place with the yurts? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's like a little it. yurt village. We talked about this. <laughs> talk, yeah, we've talked about this. I, the Gorge is super beautiful, like that area. I've Have never been? actually been to the venue itself, but I've been across like that desert e area well, yeah, across the river. I think it's like is it the Colorado River area or Snake uh, River? One of those. I don't know what that river is. I, I know I played in Bingen, Washington last last or two weekends ago, and that was like along the gorge. It was like in between okay. Hood River, Oregon, and Washington. Okay. So I thought it was maybe it the, Hood the Hood River. Yeah, it might be the Hood River. That sounds but kind of familiar. I don't know. It might like. It's probably like splits off into multiple different. It's crazy. Lunch. And it's, then you did what, yeah, like Nola, and then like Atlanta. What what I other peel episodic things? Sorry, I kind of remember. No, it's fine. I I I probably don't even fully remember. I definitely did New Orleans. Just, like, watch everything you do, you know. So, <laughs> but I did New Orleans, uh, New Year's. I think that was 2016 as well, and then. I did an episodic date in Nashville, New Hampshire, nice. the Gorge. That is so cool. <laughs> there was one other one I don't even I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, that's so cool, dude. Congratulations, dude. You deserve Thank you. all of it. Thank yeah, you. I know. It's been so cool to, I don't know, watch all of this. I mean, not, not like it was unexpected or anything, but you know, it's just really cool to see someone that you know and you know deserves it to totally take off so well, i'm not gonna suck your nuts for this whole time <laughs> there you go well thank you i appreciate that and i'm glad that we yeah that we no, all connected so and got for... to do a track together too yeah dude and we're working on another track yeah, actually another so, one and another yeah, one another one should we give him a preview well you want to do it i guess it's all it's one-sided right now so here y'all get to heal here um I sent a track over to Maddie, and now she's going to fox with it. Yeah. yeah. And that's sort of how you you need collabs some work, I guess. You know, so need we some guitar in, on that? Oh, God. This is <laughs> Pat's this is favorite question, question to ask. Yeah. Um, but it is really interesting working with um, artists that work in other DAWs. So Maddie works in Ableton, like we were just talking about, and I work right. in Logic. Um, I which always is a forget Mac about that. Product. I know, I know. And so the process just becomes a little different because whereas with Ableton – you know, someone could just share an entire, or if someone, if I, if someone was working in Ableton that wanted to make a track with they Maddie, the they could project. just send the whole project file right. to Maddie and she'd see everything that they saw while they were making it. And it's broken up the exact same way. Yeah. yeah. Automation Whereas and all that stuff. I, and, and same would be if I were to send a track that I'm working on to someone else who uses logic. It's just sort of like the pages, Microsoft word, you know, how those don't really format well together, but yeah, that being said, there's it's still you still get it out in you know basic note or code form. Sometimes I like having just like the waves. To be honest with you, because I then think it can I've be like more creative. To it's like, love like resampling audio over you know being able to fuck <laughs> with with preset settings and yeah, things dude, like it's that. a lot. It's like so, a lot. Like if you go back to Beatles albums and a lot of albums in the '60s, they were using four track recorders, which meant you'd record two tracks at a time. 
bounce it down to a st- or you could record four tracks at a time, bounce it out to a stereo left and right mix to another four track recorder's inputs, and you only had two more to add on to that, and then you kept going. And that's why yeah, that's a lot crazy. of isn't that crazy? And the limitation of that was actually it cre- made them be very creative individually on each track. So yeah. Yeah. All right, we got some tunes coming up here. Wiggle that. This was our first track together that Patty and I did. Because I'm going to be just fine. Check it out. If I want to take a guy home with me tonight. If she wants to be freaking. Sorry, I'm getting levels too bad. So this song was cool in that I feel like, you know, this first half was sort of what I had started out with. The cool part was that then Maddie sort of got to do her own spin on, well, she completely fucked with everything that I had done. And then we kind of like polished the whole thing up together. Yeah. But this is a tough drop for Maddie right here. This is still one of my favorite tracks to play. So that one... That's the one we got out right now. Yeah, let's you should hear go this, keep uh, it. Yeah, and I totally with, play that live way, all the time too. And I'm totally, again, sorry, I totally left you stranded at Priceless. What do you What do you mean? Oh um, yeah, I told you I'd do yeah. it with you, and then I was like in the water. No, I did I, like, that to saw you chilling in the water, and I was like, Nah, I'm just gonna rack this one out. <laughs> Dude, I feel so bad. I've been such a POS lately. No. Um, me and Logan like sort of talked about that we were going to do our track live when we played a show together recently. And I happened to be in the green room right when he called me on stage. And so like they, I never showed up and he just played the song anyway. And I felt terrible. Oh, yeah. No, it happens. There's, there's plenty more opportunities. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, that'll happen. It'll Oopsie. happen. We'll do Oopsie, it again. So Maddie, thanks for being with us. Uh, this is going to be coming out, I want to say, like August 17th or 18th that yeah, week. Oh, that's weeks. when I'm putting out my album. I, okay, perfect, perfect. perfect. Um, so what's your album called again? Ask you to um, plug it's stuff. called Dream State. Hey. And um, actually, I sent you guys a couple of tracks for this, but if it's going to come out yeah, then, I'll send, you, I'll send you some new ones so we can like showcase Woo! those. We yeah, yeah. say hi. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. I'm so excited to hear it, dude. Yeah, I'm pumped. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you have any release shows for the album that are people should check out? That are announced yet? Yeah, I don't have any release shows. The rest of August, I'm basically have like festivals every weekend and just life shit in between. I got I'm in Michael Menard's wedding next week. That's nice. right. You were talking about yeah. that. So, um, I got, I got. Isn't his best man, Derek? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, really great. That's so, so awesome. Yeah, Michael Menard, feet pretty lights, feet Maddie O'Neill next week <laughs> yeah. at the wedding venue. Menard's wedding. Which I'm not going to disclose the location. <laughs> hey, if you if you uh, if John Mayer shows up, um, just say hi. I really appreciate from Pat. Just say Thanks. hi. Yeah. <laughs> Wedding is at Herbs, everybody. Herbs. I heard it was Stanley's Stanley's Northeast Minneapolis. (laughs) Oh, Herbs. Actually, where's your next show, Mad Tom? In what? Where's your next show? Probably Wavesville is that weekend, right? Yeah, so Michael Menard's wedding is August 16th through the 19th at Belden Town (laughs) in Northern California. (laughs) And if you want to come see all of them, 
Yeah, yeah. you can see all the other great yeah, performers. There, he may or may not show up swear. to play a show, but it's his wedding, so we forgive him. It's he's having a honeymoon from playing shows. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Um, anyway, but okay. yeah, then the next one after that is Tulsa, August thirtieth in Tulsa. Are you at the IDL? No, they like I was originally at uh, the Yeti, but I guess they closed that down, and I'm playing at um, the Fur Shop. I don't that know. sounds as interesting as the Yeti. Yeah, Is that just the name? They're like we chopped the dead Yeti. We chopped Yeti up, and yeah. now we got a Fur Shop. Cool though, yeah. We just played in Tulsa, and it was a blast. Um, Jerry, a shout cool out scene. Jerry Westby, who threw a really really cool show. Dang. So yeah, I hope you have a great time down there. Yeah, they I'm have actually a really wearing good scene. the shirt, the subculture shirt right Dang. now. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, from Tulsa. And yeah, then- Tulsa is a blast. Um, it reminds me of Friends, and I didn't see Chandler, Damn but it. maybe next time. It reminds you I'll of look Friends. for him. Pat, you don't watch Friends, so <laughs> get into this conversation. Sorry. Yeah, and then I have one other festival, North Coast, and then my fall tour starts September 6th, which is crazy because that's almost a month away. So I basically have like yeah, no dude, time between wild. now and then. I'm trying to just and get my life that's together. With the, that's with Cherub, you said? Yeah. And how long does that go? It's 44 dates <laughs> over the span of a little over oh, two and a half months. God. <laughs> are you sharing a bus with the guys or are you, do you get your is separate? It, yeah, it is a bus tour. Yeah, it's a bus tour. And I. Oh my God. Is this your first bus? Um, no, I've been on, I was on for a couple <gasps> days on Lettuce's bus. And oh, I know you did that lettuce run like in North and South Carolina. Oh, yeah, but shit. I can't it was only like right the only bus tours I've done were like a couple of dates here and there. Like this is going to actually like be my home, you know, the last bus I got yeah. on, I couldn't even sit down because I was trying to get to the light rail at the Denver airport. Oh, my God. <laughs> that one. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. No, dude, seriously. That is That's so super cool. cool. How yeah. how long does it go? Are you guys back by Thanksgiving or does it stretch? It's September sixth through November seventeenth. Oh, nice. Um, so I'll be back. Yeah, I'll be back before Thanksgiving. And then there's like we have some Colorado dates, Denver and Boulder. So I'll be back for like five or six days in the middle of it. But That's awesome, dude. It's definitely the biggest tour I've ever done and I'm pumped. So it'll be good. Yeah, dude, are you going to start a, like, trio with Cherub now? Probably. <laughs> you should. Um, no, I'm definitely going to do, uh, my goal has been, I know Jason does, like, DJ sets, like, at after parties everywhere. So my goal is to be on my DJ So he's game. an after party king? Oh, yeah. He loves it. He fucking crushes it. So oh I'm going to, hopefully we'll, and uh, Lane Kelly shook a, is going to be on tour doing media. So we're all probably going to be just throwing down after parties everywhere. (laughs) Seriously. That's amazing. Are y'all coming to Minneapolis? You know, I have no idea. (laughs) No idea. I would have to look it up. You you don't have it at the top of your head, 44 dates and you don't know it by memory. Oh my God. Fire. (laughs) I'm not that good yet. Well, well, I mean, like people love Cherub here. People love you here. We'll totally see you here in Minneapolis. Yeah, so. or if we're anywhere That'll close, happen. hopefully. We'll f- yeah, and um, I'm I'm gonna be in Denver a couple times too in the next couple months here. So I'll definitely hit you up. Holla! Yeah, 
Awesome. All right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much again, dude. It was really good to talk to you. And we'll see you in a couple weeks at Suave's. Yeah. Let's do it. Get tacos. Tacos. All right, yeah. Let's get them. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All, right. All right. Have a good All night. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank so you guys so much. All right. Well, that was awesome. Thank you to Maddie for taking time out to call in and, you know, let us hassle her with a bunch of dumb questions. <laughs> so <laughs> we appreciate that. Megan, what do you have coming up? Well, you just came back from somewhere. Yeah, I you? just came back from where Maddie lives now. Yeah, Denver. I was in Denver. <laughs> <laughs> what a perfect segue. <laughs> so weird. Yeah, I just got back from Denver. I was there for the whole weekend for um, a Rise Music Festival. And it was definitely a different kind of festival than most of the other things that we get to do, which is a one of the big reasons that I appreciate the fact that the music that I make kind of bridges into the jam band crowd or whatever you want to call that. So yeah, it's nice that I feel like my music can really like kind of bridge that gap between the people that are looking for more organic, melodic stuff and the people that just want to boogie and get down to right. some bangers. So it's always interesting that there is a nice crossover there really between is. the quote jam scene and electronic scene that I think has really kind of, especially over the last like three to four years, has really kind of flourished. Uh, flourished. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah, definitely. I think that having a live instrument on stage with you is something that has taken off. And I'm really working right now, actually, on making my solo set more active in terms of me playing more drums and singing more and maybe playing something else while I do that. So, yeah, hopefully I'll get there. I had a great time at Arise. It was super hot there, but the grounds were really pretty. It's at a place called Sunrise Ranch, which is actually... A cult, apparently. Really? Um, yeah, it's like a, I mean, it's one of those like co-op lovey-dovey cults. But yeah, sure. it's called like the Sunrise yeah. Ranch Are the cult people there? Community. I didn't see any cult people, no. Okay. <laughs> but the grounds were really super nice. And That's in, it was, is that Loveland? Yeah, it was in Loveland, just, just west of Fort Collins. So about an hour and a half northwest sort of of denver okay cool. and i saw my friends the kitchen dwellers who are actually from bozeman oh, who i went to okay uh college with sort of how are those the, guys i doing? went to college with the upright bassist joe they did really well they played the main stage and they totally killed it great yeah joe's a fantastic upright bassist and i mean they people love the kitchen dwellers people were going ham just dancing all around me to the bluegrass craziness that was going on. I when I first walked up to the stage that I was going to play at Arise, I was kind of nervous cuz there was lots of like art installations and like little vending areas inside of it that looked like it was full of breakable shit and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, they're going to put an electronic act in here where people kind of get hyphy and, you know, do poi knock, and knock do pooping and yeah. I mean not to say that our demographic is like disrespectful, but shit happens when people are dancing around and moving around." So yeah, anyway, yeah. I was kind of like, "Eesh." But it totally transformed, and the tent packed out, and it was really crazy. It ended up being an awesome time, and the it hospitality was, was fantastic. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It was really it was really fun. Uh, shout out to Jessica Borth, the violinist of Spectacle, who runs the hospitality at the stage that I was at. It had really, really great treatment. It feels great to be treated great. So. Great. Great. No, yeah. it really does, you know. I mean, it's hard not to feel sometimes like a diva, when you show up to something that doesn't go as planned and yada yada. Because when we were in our infancy of this career, that's something that happens so frequently that you just, 
you sleep on floors and couches and people aren't there to pick you up when they're supposed to and la la la. You deal with a lot of stuff that you didn't expect to deal with, but you deal with it because you know you're kind of paying your dues or whatever. And yep. not to say that everybody yep. gets to a point where they deserve anything, but it does feel really nice as an artist to be treated yeah, like I people think, respect you and what you do and they pay attention to wanting to make sure you have a good experience in their town. I yeah, think that's really sure. what it is. I think that because of all the years where you do sleep on floors, et cetera, et cetera, when you are treated well, for me anyway, it's just it's a little bit more surprising and appreciated. But I can definitely see or I I think going back to like the shitty treatment sucks. It does. <laughs> you know it's really I mean? hard and it's it hard just uh, across the board. Like even things that like going to a show where you don't get to be on the side stage and you have yeah. to be in the sardine can and it's like not even like that I'm like oh, I don't want to be here well, it's just so nice. but it's just like you get used to that even where the little you're not things. being squished and pushed and stepped yeah. on and everything and I'm sorry that people even have to deal with that that really yeah. sucks yeah and I mean but like the good places will treat all artists like that they all have a nice place in the green room yeah but like even the little things like having a place to stay ahead of time going into the gig having a place to stay is nice yeah, even like definitely. things like that. Like I don't mind sleeping on the floor of a hotel room, but having a hotel room. Yeah, no, definitely. Bed, like, yeah, that is I mean, really just nice. knowing that people thought about you. Yeah. And how you're gonna get places, and how things are going to flow together, and to make sure yeah. that everything goes smoothly. Like, yeah. I don't. We don't need to be waited on hand and foot. We just need someone to monitor that. You have we to find know some what's going on, and drunks. that everything yeah. is working is gonna work out well. Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, so. Arise was super cool. Um, the headliners for that were like slightly stupid and Pepper and Opio actually. Ooh, how again, was Pepper? So, um, Pepper was awesome. I liked their style. They're they're great. Eh, yeah, get it. Um, yeah, it was tight. Uh, and then the next, I've got communion coming up this weekend. So if you're in Minneapolis, come down to this weekend, the poorhouse. Yeah, cool. it's also even further weekend. So I don't know how many oh, people are going to show out, but. Yeah. If you're going to EF, have fun. If you're yeah. not, come see me at Communion on Sunday. Yep. And then the next weekend, I'm super excited. We're going to be flying back out to Sacramento to go to Beldentown again. And that's for STS9's Wave Spell, which yeah. is like a four-day festival that they're randomly throwing and playing nine sets at. That's amazing. I can't uh, even believe it. Hey, speaking of that, isn't Sun Squabby playing that festival? Yeah, and yeah. So, so is you Maddie. said you were saying you weren't going to see him, but looks like you get a chance to catch oh, yeah. him on this tour after all. I didn't even think about that. There we go. Yeah, and Maddie's there too. And as we were just talking about in the interview, this is the same exact venue that we were just at together. So that's kind of funny, being that it's kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's a really, it's a really cool venue. Really it pretty. is really cool. But yeah, the lineup on this wave spell thing is. Absolutely insane. It's August 16th through the 19th if you find yourself not doing anything. Come hang out on the river with us. Squabby's playing two sets. Manic Focus, the Bad Quartet is there, which is um, Borum on the keys from you know Pretty Lights and Break Science. Um, Alana yeah. Rockland, who's the bassist for STS9. Adam Dyke, the, the drummer for Lettuce and the drummer for Break Science. And then Dom, the sax player from Big Gigantic. So they've Whoa. been traveling that what around a little bit. I've seen it. The bad with two A's because it's Borum, Alana, Adam, and oh, okay. Dom. That's really cool. Yeah, so that'll be tight. And then I finally get to see Charles the First, who's also playing two sets. Menard is there. Prefuse seventy three. Everyone has been talking about lately. If you dig those old uh, like hip hop, those old school hip hop vibes and like lo fi kind of stuff. I don't know. It's sort of within that vein. Um, everyone's been freaking out about him lately, or them. I don't honestly know. Telephone Tel Aviv. Uh, Antenne, 
uh, Late Night Radio, Maddie, Yak Attack, Adam's playing a solo set, Borum's playing a set, Chris Carnes, the turntablist for Pretty Lights, is going to be there, Modern Measure is going to be there, Daily Bread, Mikey Thunder, one of the residents for the Jesus Wednesday night Christ. research event in Denver. I yeah. get to play two sets. I'll be playing a Tech House set and a normal set. Uh, Dreamer's Delight is there, Templo. It's just absolutely full. This so is, we're going to see tons of homies. This, this is making me sadder and sadder, <laughs> every sorry. name you, you list off. Yeah, this is a wild and out festival. That's, not, that's I, like I one of the coolest, to do that. coolest lineups I've ever heard in my entire life. Yeah, they really went ham on this. I can't believe they... Like everybody, it cool, came out of it? nowhere too. Everybody's there. Yeah, it came out of, no- of nowhere as well. So really, really cool when is little this? thing. It's August sixteenth through the nineteenth. That's in Belden, which do is they about still have three tickets? hours north. Yeah, they do. <sighs> yeah, so that's gonna be super cool. And then I'm off to Canada after that. So. And we yeah, we'll talk about that. Um, Fozzie, we talked about that already. We'll talk about that when we hang out with our Canadian guest next. Oh yeah, episode. super secret. Super uh, secret Canadian super secret guest. Canadian. You guys can all guess who the guest will be. Oh, yeah, and I do have a new track coming out today. Uh, you should go check it out, download it. It's a remix of Static Panic's Lose You to the Night, which is a really cool funk band. We talked about them we on the last episode last, with yeah. Fox Future. Yep. So check anyway, it out. yeah, out go today. check it out. It's out on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Google Play, SoundCloud. Basically, go stream it like seven thousand times on Spotify. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, we need those. We need like seven thousand streams, and they'll give us maybe a penny. Yeah, maybe a nickel. Yeah. So Something thank like you that. for the nickel, everybody. Um, no, <laughs> for real. Uh, go check it out, and we'll see you in two weeks with our super secret Canadian guest. <laughs>